Welcome to Worldview to, from WBEZ. I'm Jerome McDonald. Adding more bikes to our urban areas makes for less pollution and a better quality of life. We will talk about bikes today on Worldview. Specifically, what are the best bike riding workplaces in town? We are about to find out. More than 300 organizations are about to compete in this year's Bike to Work Challenge. There's plenty of time to sign up. The Bike to Work Challenge starts on June 15th and runs for two weeks. WBEZ is a perennial powerhouse in the competition, and we are looking to three-peat in our division this year. I am the team leader for the WBEZ team, and I get this station riding no matter what. And with me is Claire McDermott from the Active Transportation Alliance. They are the sponsor and the organizer for the Bike to Work Challenge. Great to see you, Claire. Great to see you. And with me are two of our competitors. And I chose our hardest competitors in the Bike to Work Challenge. Natalie Rader is from the Adler Planetarium, who was uh, in second place to us in the Bike to Work Challenge last year. Mm -hmm. Nice to see you. Nice to be here. I've only known you by digital um, looking at your stuff and saying, I hope they don't catch us. So it's nice to put a face to the competition. (laughs) And Elizabeth Shue is from the Chicago Metropolitan Agency for Planning. She's team leader for them for this year's Bike to Work Challenge. Elizabeth, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Elizabeth is not technically in our division, but she she wins her division and their team we outrode their team by 400 miles last year, and yet they outpointed us in the point system. So Elizabeth has become a bitter rival to me, and the Chicago Metropolitan Agency for Planning is going to reveal their key abilities to get people to use the point system, to, and I'm, not go, I'm going to steal them is what's going to happen so in we the might course not, of this program. We might not reveal all of them. <laughs> uh, but I think the point is to get people out commuting every day, and so there are points that, that don't necessarily have to do with miles. Exactly. Now, um, Claire, explain what's going on here with the, the point system, with the, with the organizations that join. How, how do people get involved with this thing? So this program, first off, it's Bike to Work Challenge presented by Michael Keating Law Office. I have to throw it in there. Um, really, the goal of this program is to get people to try bike commuting to work for the first time. So we really believe that if they try it once, all of a sudden they're going to see how great it feels to have the wind in your hair and to arrive to work like feeling invigorated and fresh. Um, and a lot of people, honestly, have started bike commuting to work on a regular basis after trying this program. So we really give people sort of all the tips and tools that they need to try it for the first time. And we, of course, have the challenge element, which makes it it a little bit more fun. And um, competition is always uh, exciting. It creates peer pressure. Peer pressure. Mm -hmm. Now, I I have some depressing statistics about bike riding. And I'm someone who is looking for the good statistics on bike riding. But I read this article by Richard Florida, the urbanist in City Lab. And he is a bike rider himself. And he wrote last year during Bike to Work Day. And he said, Uh, Even as the number of regular bike commuters has skyrocketed by more than 60 percent from 2000 to 2013, nationally, less than 1 percent of commuters bike to work at least once a week. Ow. Yeah. That hurts. As someone who is biking every day all year long. Uh, and I went to other countries, of course, because I am a global guy. And um, Denmark – Uh, Copenhagen is the world's top biking city. 
62% of residents ride a bike daily to work or in, or to education in the city. Only 9% of people drive. 86% of commuters drive to work in the United States of America. What is wrong with people, Claire? <laughs> well, I, I don't know if it's really um, what's wrong with people, but it's wrong with what's wrong with the infrastructure. You know, we've made a lot of strides here in Chicago, though. Um, so the mission of Active Transportation Alliance is to provide better infrastructure for people to ride bikes, walk or use public transit. So obviously, as we can see from the bike lanes that have um, been developed and obviously the amazing transformation of our lakefront trail um, and some of the other work that, you know, Active Transit has been advocating for, it's getting better, but we need to keep working at it. What do you think's going on, Elizabeth? I think that there are a number of issues that can keep people from riding. Sometimes people don't feel safe, and that gets uh, right back to what Claire just said. We need to put in place infrastructure so people have a bike lane or a bike trail that they feel comfortable riding on. Uh, at CMAP, the Chicago Metropolitan Agency for Planning, one of the things that we do do is allocate funding to bike, pad and infra- bike and pedestrian infrastructure to help get people out there, um, and really with a focus on commutes or you know getting to the store or getting to the restaurant, things like that. Now, traditionally, uh, one of the indicators of safety for biking is the percentage of women that do it, uh, and. I'm, I'm here with three women who are uh, regularly riding their bikes. My own staff, my, my top riders have become unusually male in recent years. Uh, Safety is a deal, and that is something, you, you know, we did ride with the scared for many years here where, where we would assign somebody to ride with the scared people their whole trip. Uh, the, <laughs> the fear is a real deal. Yeah, they are. And we definitely recommend for this challenge, um, you know, check out our website if you're interested in doing it. We provide a lot of tips. One of the big things is sort of checking out the proposed route that you may take uh, before you start out on your daily work commute. So maybe take um, Sunday morning where there's not as many cars out on the road. Um, Check out Google Maps. You know, there's a lot of great, obviously, mapping um, features out there this year um, that you can check out and really feel comfortable with it before getting on. Obviously, wear a helmet. Um, would be my advice. And always carry lights with you as well. You want to be as visible as possible. Um, You know, I know safety vests aren't quite fashionable, but they sure do work. (laughs) So really, you know, again, making sure that you take the time to think about your own safety and, you know, going from there. One of the things that we do at the Adler Planetarium every year uh, for kicking off our team is uh, have a meeting early in the morning uh, before the commuting challenge starts to actually um, answer questions like as more veteran bike ride bike riders um, answer questions and give tips and tricks about routes and um, and safety and things you can do to be a defensive cyclist to those who are maybe a little less comfortable bike commuting or are on a divvy and maybe aren't as familiar with um, the different paths that you can take. And so we try to really have a generative and communal sense to make sure that everybody stays safe because I am sure I've had a lot of close calls and actual incidents and I don't want to scare anyone off from biking and I don't want to scare myself. But uh, it's important to have full information and know how to be as safe as you possibly can in a city with the multiple kinds of traffic that we do. Elizabeth, you do anything like that? Yeah, uh, we have a meeting very early on in the challenge where everybody can come and ask questions. uh, And we will go so far as to map out routes for people or provide buddies. You know, we do also have the scared and they go out on that ride and they find out, hey, it's not that scary. I'm in a very protected bike lane on Milwaukee Avenue. This feels pretty safe, right? 
so we we definitely try to lead people there and also help them change their routine and like this is where the bike racks are um, and and here are other things that you need just so that they have all of their questions answered. Did did have any of you had complete success and converted somebody from a non bike rider to a constant bike rider? We had a number of first-time bike commuters last year who are now year-round commuters, and that was really great to see. Uh, They just took on the challenge and decided they were going to try to bike every day, uh, and they realized that it was easy and it was a more fun way to get to work. We have one person on our staff who, you know, actually now lives a little bit closer because he wants to bike more. So. I take my bicycle built for two down every year. I have two bicycle built for two, but I bring one. And the – I ride people on the back and I take them, the scared, to the L stops or wherever they're going and I give them a ride to their their destination and they unburden themselves of their fears. And you hear about the time that they fell when they were a kid on the farm and they hurt their tooth. And then they, uh, they, they so I, you know, I, I get all these stories while I'm, uh, I'm riding them tandem. They uh, sometimes... Uh, a lot of times get over their fears when they do this and and then become regular bikers. I know people who've bought bikes after being on the back of the tandem and unburdening themselves of fears. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it happens. People will change their behavior. But I find it excruciatingly difficult to change people's behavior. People don't want to change. People want to do the easiest thing possible. And uh, it's, it's a little frustrating at times. I think you bring up a good point about riding people to the train. So with the challenge, you can actually count a trip on a bike to the train stop. And I think that's a great way for people to kind of try it out without a lot of pressure. Um, And maybe they think, hey, that wasn't too bad. Maybe I can go to the next stop or the next stop or maybe go all the way this time. Divi is another great resource there because they don't have to buy a bike. They don't have to figure out how to lock up their bike. Divvies are kind of fun to ride. They're a little heavy, but, you know, that also makes people feel kind of comfortable. You're going at a slow pace. It's it's a nice ride. Totally. And one of the things I know some of our other challenge leaders have done is brought a group of their coworkers down to the Divi dock and actually taught them how to use the docks and how to use the system. And that obviously – you know, going beyond that barrier really helped, I think, and people were, like, more apt to, to try divvies and to get out there. We're talking about the Bike to Work Challenge with Claire McDermott from the Active Transportation Alliance. They're the sponsor of the Bike to Work Challenge, which is available at bikecommuterchallenge.org if you want to sign up. Elizabeth Shue is from the Chicago Metropolitan Agency for Planning, and she's their team leader. And Natalie Rader is with the Adler Planetarium and is a veteran of their Bike to Work Challenge. And one, uh, we're going to be talking more about bikes in our next segment, and we're going to talk about getting bikes to Lesotho, Africa and getting uh, the whole country that had no bikes to be a bike-crazy country. So stay tuned for that. I wanted to ask your other secrets about getting people to ride. Um, Before we were going on the air, uh, Elizabeth, you were telling us that you guys post what's going on with the bike to ride challenge uh, on on your your work page. You you guys are uh, constantly updating people. 
Um, I wouldn't say constantly, but um, Active Transportation does a really nice job of providing stats that you can easily grab and print out. So once a day, we put the stats for our individual team members and for those that we're competing up against. Um, it's just printed out and taped up. Um, so it's not that high tech. Uh, but it's, you know, a lot of what we've talked about so far is really kind of support. And we do a ton of that. We we have breakfast, we provide information, we provide buddies, but we also encourage some competition internally. Um, so putting up stats every day is one way that we do that. Well, I use, you know, things like bathroom comics. We mm-hmm. make comics for the bathroom stalls to raise awareness about the, the, the bride and uh, they're kind of jokey, and people see them in the bathroom because everybody goes there. <laughs> we also have done dioramas where we have dioramas with shoeboxes, and we you know, feature people biking and things of that nature and our rivals. We have rival shoeboxes that are, that are about the Old Town School of Folk Music and stuff. You guys might be on one of our shoeboxes this year. <laughs> All right. I don't know if this is the most effective motivational tools, but they're fun, and I think art can motivate people and make people change. So you are actually not in our category, and we used you to motivate people last year uh, because we were pretty far ahead, but we wanted to get more people out riding. And we said, hey, we're actually pretty close to WBEZ. Let's challenge them and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, that really stunk. And because <laughs> you, we outrode you by 400 miles, and you outpointed us. <laughs> we did, um, and I just want to get back to it. It's about commuting, and it's about getting out there every day. It's about winning. <laughs> it's about winning challenges. The um, uh, yeah. That, how did you do that? How did you get everybody to use their app? Because you get points for using the app. You mm-hmm. get points for number of trips. You get points for um, bonus points for five days a week. And you you just totaled up a lot of bonus points and beat us. Correct. How do you make people do that, and can I steal this ways? Um, So one of the big things that we do as an agency is what's called performance-based programming, which is a wonky way of saying, like setting up criteria. So we paid a lot of attention to the criteria, and we also think that bike commuting is important. I think we really encourage people, even if it's just a short trip to the train, to, to try that every day during the competition um, and to use the app. Although I don't know that we were as successful in that one um, as you think we were. But really? it, it all added up, all those all those individual points and, and encouraging people to get out and giving them the tools to get out worked. And if you do have a new rider, it's 25 points. So if you get someone that's never tried it before to try it, your team yeah. will get 20. So that's a lot. That's a you bonus know, point. That, that's the main goal of the program is to get new riders. Mm-hmm. Um, Natalie, what kind of things did you guys do? Um, to incentivize riding. Yeah. I think our human resources department was really awesome last year and actually um, scheduled a couple uh, breakfast um, refreshments. You know, bike in, bring your helmet with you. Uh, you get first dibs on the coffee and the snacks, and it's not for the non-cyclists, uh, which was nice um, to kind of encourage community around our team. Uh, and there were uh, we made plans to go together to certain of the uh, active trans presented um, coffee stops and where there were different sponsors giving things away, particularly the Daily Plaza stop, I think, and the one that was on the museum campus. Um, I also think in terms of we were talking a little bit about um, 
shift of mindset about how nice it can be to start your day biking. I also like to make the argument that if you're working in a place like here at WBEZ, you guys are on Navy Pier, not the most accessible spot. The Adler Planetarium is on the museum campus, also a hard-to-get-to, expensive-to-park-at location. Yes. Uh, and sometimes public transportation is not uh, as dependable as one would like, or, or there's a huge amount of traffic because everybody's going to Lollapalooza or something like that. We struggle a lot at, um, near Grant Park with traffic blockades. Biking to work can be such a good way to overcome the barrier of physically getting to the place where you need to work when you're at a location that says touristy and and just densely trafficked. Uh, and so I also really like to just talk up like, wow, I did not have a stressful commute today. It was beautiful. I was by the lake. Oh, I'm so sorry you were stuck behind a police blockade at the co- corner of Columbus and uh, Roosevelt. So, uh, you know, you should consider biking. There you go. Um I wanted to ask a question about the Daily Plaza thing. For years, it has been a breakfast kind of thing. It's been something that happened in the morning. I'm wearing my shirt from last year. Yes. I've, I, I debated between this shirt and one from 2002, which was which was which seemed kind of vintage and nice. But uh, And I've got them all points in between. And I would get my shirt, and I would get a bagel. I would get a, a, a banana, and, uh, and that was the deal. And this year, you have just cached that whole thing and are going for some kind of beer fest on Thursday. <laughs> we are changing it up a little bit this year. So Chicago Bike Week is presented by Freeman Kevinitas Law Firm. And the rally this year will be changing up a little bit. So it will be Thursday, June 21st in Daly Plaza. It starts at 5 p.m. We're so it's be, an after-work deal. We are going to be featuring Revolution Brewing products. Will there be bananas? Probably Bagels. not. Probably there will be probably some spiced nuts and cocktail mix. <laughs> what about what about my outerwear? How can I get t-shirts? You can still get a t-shirt. We have not done away with the t-shirts. We know that is one of the most coveted items of the rally. All right. So that at least has maintained some kind of sense of semblance of tradition. Yeah. And we will still have all of our wonderful sponsors and partners and community partners out uh, handing out swag and interacting with other like-minded bike folk. So if people go to bikecommuterchallenge.org, they can sign up a team. Just by themselves, you can just say, hey, take it on for your whole workplace. Yeah. That's how we did it. I was riding up in the elevator with a guy, and we both said we should join this bike to work challenge thing and we stand we, we just signed ourselves up and with no help from anybody around here we just started riding like maniacs exactly and you could even be a team of one you don't even need to have uh, your you know if you can't get anyone on board then that's fine you know maybe they'll see you doing it this year and then for next year they'll think i can do that too so there will be more than 300 organizations. All the people who are, are civically minded and want a better environment and a better urban urban thing are there. All the architects are in there, I notice. You know, there are absolutely no media organizations other than BEZ, in spite of the fact that WXRT is a sponsor of this thing. I shamed them one year into joining, and they could barely function in, in the competition. <laughs> but they're, you know, they're kind of classic rockers who can't, can't quite get on the bicycles anymore. So <laughs> Uh, there's them. I, the architects are great. The, I had last year um, Studio Gang that is the only organization that is smaller than ours that outrides us every year in the miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they were very they're, 90% of them ride. Mm-hmm. We had their team leader on and Jeannie Gang gets up and says everybody's riding and mm-hmm. they ride. Another fun part about the challenge is that there's prizes. 
What? Yes. So we never win them. Well, mm. so we do daily raffle prizes. So for everyone that logs one mile, you only have to log one mile a day to be entered into the raffle winnings. Um, so that's pretty exciting, right? You can win cool things like Abus helmets and locks. We've got swag from Dark Matter Coffee. We've got a bunch of WXRT things, maybe a couple WBEZ items in the no, mix. There. We're, no. not, we're not a sponsor. <laughs> Um, And then the top male and female that ride the most miles win a full custom cycling suit from Arterix. What do you think is wrong with media organizations that they don't join? Like, there's a bunch of them in town and none of them ride. Now's the time. We should go after them. I think it feeds into some bad stereotypes about the media. (laughs) We should go after them. All right. I want to see some media people in there. And uh, the website is bikecommuterchallenge.org. Claire McDermott is from the Active Transportation Alliance. They are the people who finagle this thing every year and try to encourage people to cycle more. Elizabeth Chu is from the Chicago Metropolitan Agency for Planning. She is their team leader for the Bike to Work Challenge and will be losing to WBEZ this year, any challenge that they have. And Natalie Rader is from the our, our own division in the Bike to Work Challenge from the Adler Plan. Planetarium, and they'll be coming in second place again. Mm, I don't know. We'll try to bring it. (laughs) (laughs) You had some good riders last year. Take care, and uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Coming up after the break, we'll talk with Working Bikes, and we will talk about bringing bikes to people who need them here and around the planet. I'm Jerome McDonald. You're listening to Worldview on WBEZ. This is Worldview from WBEZ. I'm Jerome McDonald. Working Bikes uses bikes as tools of empowerment in communities here and around the world. Some of their donated bikes find homes on the west side. Some find homes in Lesotho. Makila Pinkney is the sales floor supervisor for Working Bikes, and Dave Gorman is founder of Bikes for Lesotho, and they are closely uh, partnering with Working Bikes. It is great to see both of you. Thank you for joining us and talking about bikes. Thank you, Jerome. Yes, thank you so much. Um, Makila, tell us about, for somebody who's never heard of the organization Working Bikes, which are friends of ours, and you come and you tune up our bikes for Bike to Work Week every year, um, tell people who Working Bikes is. Okay, so um, Working Bikes is a 501c3 non-for-profit bike shop, um, but we do so much more than just fix bikes. Uh, we do have a service and repair that we offer. We sell bikes, and we also have a volunteer workshop. Uh, pretty much, uh, we're solely donation and volunteer based. We work off the power of our community, our staff, and our amazing volunteers. 
So people probably have seen uh, opportunities to donate to working bikes at different bike shops around town, at bike swaps. You, you guys are picking up donated bikes, people who are done with their bikes and uh, you know don't think they can sell them and they need too much work. Uh, they donate them to working bikes, and you guys take them and make them bikes again. Yeah, so pretty much we um, collect and redistribute bikes from all over Chicago, Illinois, and all over uh, Nevada, um, Guatemala, all over the world, pretty much. And you can pretty much become one of our pickup or drop-off locations. Anyone can apply for that. Um, pretty much we have a lot of our community-based organizations help us to collect bicycles, our neighbors, strangers. Um, My church did a bike drive, and we piled them up in a the back of a pickup truck higher than I ever thought possible. Thank and you then so we sent them over. <laughs> Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And um, how did you get involved with Working Bikes? You are part of the community uh, thing that's going on. Um, absolutely. So I um, initially uh, got into bikes from West Town Bikes, uh, Ciclo Urbano. I interned there as an after-school matters teen. Um, and then over the summer, I um, I was hired as a program assistant for Working Bikes for um Cycle of Peace Apprenticeship that we had going on. Uh, I like the name of that, Cycle of Peace Apprenticeship. Uh, we actually have, uh, it's named after our uh, local donation program that we have where we give away bikes to uh, people that are insecure housing or food or uh, pretty much just, you know, uh, need a bike for whatever it is. People who are homeless or veterans or uh, working with uh, case managers to basically get assistance to find better jobs or get around or, you know, whatever need the bicycle might fulfill. That must be a pretty good thing to be associated with. That must feel all right. Um, it absolutely is. I absolutely love my job, and I really love uh, all the staff at Working Bikes and the board members and all the wonderful volunteers. It's it, a great community to be a part of. It's a fun place to be in. Tell where it's located and describe it a little bit, because if people have never walked in, it, it, it's a little, um, it's not your typical bike shop. So we're um, located at 2434 Southwestern, uh, Chicago, Illinois, uh, zip code 60608, uh, right off the corner of uh, 24 and in Western. It is a big brown brick warehouse. warehouse. Um, most bike shops are really small or have like a, a corner store kind of environment. But our uh, our warehouse is actually massive. There's millions of bikes everywhere on every floor of the building. And um, yeah, so we have all types of bikes. We have and so there's a showroom on the on the first floor when you walk in mm-hmm. where you can buy a bike, which is your main function. But you're also fixing bikes around there, and there's another bike mechanic shop at the top, and the, the whole place is just packed with bikes that you're going to donate to places. So the bikes that we sell are pretty much overhauled by our professional staff mechanics um, and the bikes that we service and repair as well. But pretty much everything else that goes on at um, Working Bikes is powered by everybody there and mostly our volunteers. Everything that we do is uh, pretty much due to like the wonderful help that we get from the people who come and just want to do good for others. Well, one of your partners is with us, uh, Bikes for Lesotho. Dave Gorman is here, and Dave is a ex-Peace Corps Corps guy from Lesotho. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nice to see you, Dave. Thank you, Jerome. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited to talk to you. I saw one of your presentations at Working Bikes, and it was so interesting. 
you are somebody who just um, looked at what happened in what was happening in Lesotho and said that these people could use some bikes and just started bringing them. That's right. I spent three years as a Peace Corps volunteer. Uh, this one year more than uh, typical. But really love the place. That was a long time ago. I'm and, an old man now. And people don't uh, maybe know where Lesotho is. It's one of those names you hear once in a while. But you, it, it's right in the middle of South Africa. It's a, a principality. It's a kingdom it's right. in the middle of South it's Africa. It's an independent kingdom, but they have a parliament. And um, they're surrounded by the Republic of South Africa. It's a beautiful place, very mountainous. Uh, the people are very friendly, and um, I I just loved it. I keep going back to to visit friends, and I, I call them family. And I noticed that there weren't any bicycles there, um, and like, it took like me a long time zero, to realize that. Like zero, like zero. Um, I had never seen a bike, and that's three years living there, three trips back, and uh, I had also at that time heard a WHO. A number of 100,000 orphans estimated from the HIV/AIDS crisis. So, I put those things together. I said, I'm going to send bikes to orphans somehow. How did you go about doing that? What was your what were your first moves? Well, I my first container was with a not-for-profit in California that had been sending at that time a, a couple hundred bikes. Just sent them, and I said, I want to send a container of 500 bikes. How do I do it? They said, well, you need to raise a lot of money. And I said, well, okay, I'll, I'll figure it out. I talked a friend into joining me, and we rode our bikes around Lesotho uh, as a fundraiser. Uh, and, and now to explain how many bikes you've sent to Lesotho. 5,000. That's pretty many. I can't believe it. And uh, how does that transform a place? Cycling is now the biggest sport in the country. I can tell you. Uh, in the capital city of Maseru and the surroundings, you see bicycles. And this is the matter in the matter of the last five years. Uh, there are bike clubs. When I was there last year, I spent two weeks there. And you see bicycles. People are excited about bicycles. They're covered in the, the uh, television news at night, little bike races. So it really has come up from, from nothing. And there was a Olympian who was from Lesotho who rode a, rode a bike? Yes, a, a few Olympians that were competing in Rio. Uh, they also compete in the Commonwealth Games, and they're really good. Uh, these are very strong riders, and people will ask me, how do they know how to ride a bike? Well, you're so excited about something, you jump on and you figure it out. You maybe fall down once or twice, but you keep going. And uh, they are very strong riders. At some point, I know that we're going to see them on the world stage more and more. What has it done for the people who are just trying to get around? Uh, you mentioned it was mountainous, and mountains tend to discourage bike riding occasionally, but uh, at least on the way uphill. It is, it's difficult riding to go from town to town. Uh, we're focusing with trying to build shops within towns. So there are 10 districts to the country, um, and every district has its own capital city. So we have a new plan that you can find at Bikes for Lesotho on Facebook that's trying to incentivize entrepreneurs to set up new bike shops. So in this way, we can fill out the rest of the country. And that's my dream is to have bicycles everywhere. That's terrific. And, and you've been working with Working Bikes now for how long? Since 2013. I'm on the board. Uh, it's just an amazing place, like Kiki was saying. So uh, fun to be there. And we send, last year, 6,000 bikes overseas. So it's not just Lesotho. It's other places. 2,000 bikes got reused in these great programs locally. Um, it's a very, it's a place of power. And in Lesotho, it's very hard to find anyone anymore that doesn't know about the Chicago bikes. 
Really? That's, that's a, true. It's got to be pretty satisfying. Yes. Uh, what kind of bikes are? Do you see people riding there? You see people riding our old bikes. Basically, they 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 have taken their bikes and uh, they're riding them now. Chances are, when you see a bike, it's from Chicago, and that's a a pretty powerful feeling that you see people that are going to work, that are riding to school, that just enjoying themselves. To know that working bikes made that possible, and I try to really stress the tangible nature of this. That if you donate a a bike from your garage, it's not being used. It will be used, and it may change someone's life somewhere, whether it's Chicago or overseas. Explain. You know, you've had a relationship with the king in, in Lesotho now. You, you you know all the players. You're you're the man. Yes. Uh, well, it goes back to my Peace Corps experience. I was really made part of a family, and they are part of the extended royal family. And so uh, last year I did spend time with the king, his brother, the prince, who runs five orphanages with Prince Harry. Um, I always meet with the Peace Corps director, and uh, a good friend of mine who's from Wales is now the head Olympic coach. So we're all well-networked. Everyone knows about working bikes, even over in Lesotho. That's terrific. Um, what, what do you want to see happen? I guess your goal in the future is just to get everybody in, in Lesotho who wants a bike a bike. I think my job may be about done when I've sent 100,000 bikes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds well. You now we're only at what? So you were at six thousand bikes. Yeah, five thousand. So I'm five percent done to do the math. Oh gosh, that, that's a long way to go. We've got a lot of bikes to donate and a lot of uh, things to do. Um, working bikes is um, open. What days the, the week, Kiki? It's uh, it, it's not every day, but it's most days. So our hours do vary depending on what season it is, but right now we're open Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday from 11 to 7 p.m. Saturdays we're open from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Sundays we're open from 11 to 4. That's terrific. What's been the best thing about being at Working Bikes? Um, I would say the good that I get to do for other people and just being a part of a healthy, uh, positive, and a community where I get to just learn so much from other people and just do good. Well, it's been great to meet you. Kiki Pinckney is the sales floor supervisor for Working Bikes, and Dave Gorman is founder of Bikes for Lesotho, and they are closely allied with Working Bikes, and Dave's on the board there. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us talking about Working Bikes, and Working Bikes has brought some of their fine people over to tune our bikes up for the bike challenge, and, you know, I want to thank those guys for coming over. I know that... Uh, who is it that came over today? It was Faraz Hussein is coming over, and one Trevor. of Trevor, 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 Trevor Clark, Clark, Clark our uh, secretary who, of the board, our secretary of the boards come over, and they're both huge public radio fans and volunteers here as well. And and I would just like to say that um, our staff mechanics that work upstairs they listen to WBEZ every single day. Um, every single day when I walk in there, they're listening to you. Uh, that's terrific. So, uh, well, a big shout out to them because they're listening to you right now. A shout out to everybody at Working Bikes and my mom. <laughs> okay. Well, it's uh, good to talk with you. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll. Kiki Pinkney is the sales floor supervisor for Working Bikes. And Dave Gorman is founder of Bikes for Lesotho. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us and talking about uh, what's going on with Working Bikes. My pleasure. Thank you. Santa Marta, hasta la arena.
Coming up after the break, we'll continue talking about bikes and the Bike to Work Challenge. I'm Jerome McDonald. You're listening to Worldview on WBEZ. This is Worldview on WBEZ. I'm Jerome McDonald. And we're talking about bikes today on WBEZ. And sticking with us for this segment is Kiki Pinkney from Working Bikes and Dave Gorman, finder, founder of Bikes for Lesotho, who we were talking to previously. And we thought we'd have some fun and talk about some of our favorite bike rides that we've had. And we'd like to talk to listeners as well. The number is 312-923-9239 if you have a favorite bike ride you'd like to tell us about. Um, and I think we'll let Dave go first because Dave has had some awesome bike rides in the past. Uh, tell us about your favorite bike rides, Dave. Well, Jerome, it's got to be the bike ride that I did around Lesotho. That was what I did to raise the, the money to send that first container of bikes. And... These are serious mountains. Um, we, sh- uh, two of us, my, a friend of mine and I, we brought our bikes over and we spent a week uh, going over these mountains, the Drakensberg Mountains, that start at one mile high, and the highest passes that we went over were two miles, and it was the middle of their winter. Lesotho is a country that has a winter with snow. They even have a, um, a ski resort in the country. This is the only ski resort in Africa. Wow. And we were riding our bicycles through the mountains around the entire uh, south part of the country where we went. Over a week, we saw two bicycles. <laughs> so you were, didn't have a crowd to compete with. No, and kids everywhere were so excited to see us. They had never touched a bicycle, many of these kids. They all wanted to ride our bikes, but we had miles to go every day to make it to that next district town. But it was just, just a beautiful country. The people are wonderful. I wish everyone could go there and, and have a vacation in Lesotho because it is that beautiful and friendly. It's the country that was in the backdrop of Black Panther uh, oh. as Wakanda. Really? That's Lesotho. I did not know that. So to ride your bicycle through that is pretty amazing. Kiki Pinkney, uh, do you have a favorite ride? Um, I do. I would say uh, just recently, about two weeks ago, uh, West Town, um, no, West Town Bikes, I was going to say I had two favorite rides. Um, one was a very, very long time ago at West Town Bikes. They have um, open shops that they host, and uh, I believe on Wednesdays they have a girls' bike club. And um, I went on a bicycle ride with them, and we got to tour downtown, and we went and saw the Contemporary Art Museum, and um, we hung out at some of the the museums downtown and um, the Shedd Aquarium, and we um, we got some food, and it was a really nice ladies' ride. And um, 
just recently, two weeks ago, Working Bikes actually hosted a, a ride. And um, on Thursdays, we have our uh, women's trans and femme uh, volunteer sessions. And um, we basically had a taco crawl ride where we basically <laughs> toured all through Pilsen. And we went to some of the amazing taco restaurants all throughout the neighborhood. Oh, you ate your way across Pilsen. That's right. <laughs> yep, yep. That's a good way to go. I will share a bike story. I was in Indianapolis last weekend, and I went specifically to do their cultural trail. They have they invested a few years ago sixty three million dollars in creating a loop around their town, and it's uh, it's an interesting bike trail. It's brick. They they've got it bricked differently than the sidewalks or the streets, so you really know where it is. And it is kind of like a sidewalk most of the time, so it's super safe. And we just did their rent-a-bikes there. They call them Indiana Pacer bikes. And we were able to float. They've got a canal system I didn't know anything about in Indianapolis. It's pretty cool looking. They have these hipster neighborhoods. And we just got on and off and did things. We went to the uh, – There's a. they have a – uh, Fireman History Museum. I had no idea that it was, was there or anything, but we ended up spending like an hour in the Fireman History Museum. They had amazing restored fire engines. We were talking with this uh, guy, who, this old uh, fireman guy, and he got us involved in a game of checkers and all sorts of things happen. Uh, so amazing things happen when you're on your bike. And I, I like riding um, in different towns for the experience and learning about the place, and just like I do Chicago. Same here. Um, we've got a couple of callers with their favorite bike stories. 312-923-9239 is the number to call. Brad, you're on WBEZ. Hey, Jerome. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to let you know that, you know, the one of my favorite ride of all time is Ragbri. Oh, Ragbri is uh, the letters R-A-G-B-R-A-I stand for the Des Moines Register's annual great bicycle ride across Iowa. And there's like you, you start with your tire in the Mississippi River and then ride to the other side and you put it in the other river. Is that it? The, actually, the other direction. Oh, the you other direction. Your, you, start, <laughs> you start with your back. You start with your back tire in the Missouri River Missouri. on the on the on the west end of Iowa, and you ride east and and dip your the finishes to dip your front tire in the Mississippi. All right. Uh, What's so great about riding across Iowa? Because I've got friends who want me to do it, and I always think, well, that's a lot of time. I'm going to spend a lot of days. Why Why do I want to do that? You know, the people of Iowa are probably the most gracious hosts you could possibly ask for. I mean, 10,000 people or maybe even 15,000 people descend on their town. Some of these towns have a population of 500, and yet they're welcoming you. Uh, we camp in people's yards. Uh, we, you know, we, our group, I mean, we have a group out of Chicago that has like 70 riders, and our group, you know, gets permission to camp in people's yards, use people's bathrooms. I mean, could you imagine me coming to your house and saying, <laughs> Well, we'd like to camp in your yard and use your bathroom for showering and, you know, at night when somebody wants to use the toilet, you know, we just, is that okay with you? For, <laughs> you know, yeah. Here in, Chicago, here in Chicago, people would think you're crazy, but out there they just think, oh, yeah, well, sure, we're happy to have you. And they are happy to have us. And uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's a fun ride. You know, like I said, there's 10,000 people on the road, so... It, it, the ride probably is 30 miles of, you know, a string when, that's running 30 miles long. When is the ride this year? 
It's always the same. It's the, it's always the last week of July. It always ends on the last Saturday in July. So whatever the last Saturday is, that's the last day. And the Sunday before that is the is the start. So it starts on the, I believe it's the twenty second this year through the twenty ninth. Twenty second through right. the twenty eighth. I'm not I don't have the dates in sure. front of me, but Thanks a lot for calling, Brad, and telling us about your experience with Ragbri, a classic great bike ride. Um, we're taking calls on favorite bike rides you've had. Uh, give us a call at 312-923-9239. And John from Libertyville is on the line with us. Thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks. Um, I just wanted to mention one great bike ride I took with my family. We were visiting San Francisco, and uh, my wife and two children and I rented bikes uh, to bike across the Golden Gate Bridge. And, you know, we we, we biked up uh, to the bridge. We found Fort Point, the big the old uh, fort that's underneath the bridge that they preserved. We didn't even know it was there. We probably wouldn't have found it if we hadn't been riding bikes. Uh, and then we rode across the bridge. It was a little harrowing. You know, you're way up there. The view is incredible. The wind was blowing, but it was a gorgeous day. And we rode into downtown Sausalito on the other side, had a great time there. And then they, lots of people do this. You can, you take the ferry back over to the city. Um, there's a ferry that's specifically designed for people to bring their bikes on. There's a large area in the middle of the, the ship to, they just lo- line up hundreds and hundreds of bikes and you ferry back to the city. And it's just a great way to spend a day. All right, that sounds like an excellent ride, John. And did you could do that de- deliberately? Did you say this is what we're going to do? We brought bikes for this purpose, or did you just kind of no, stumble into it? No, renting bikes in San Francisco is really very popular for tourists, and we hadn't planned on it at all. We were visiting with our children, and uh, it's which is a little counterintuitive because it's such you know there's so many steep hills in San Francisco, but it's it's such a great uh, bike friendly city, and we saw lots of people on bikes, and when we were renting bikes. The guy at the bike place said, "If you you know if you're up to it, consider biking across the bridge." And that's exactly what we did, and it was just great. All right, well, thanks for calling, John. We're taking some phone calls about uh, favorite bike rides. You ever bike in San Francisco, Kiki? I gotta, no, uh, not much. I've been in Salcedo, and that's it's a really nice place to bike ride. Dave, you, uh, bike ride San Francisco, California. No, I, I I did do a half marathon through the mountains there one time. Yeah, and uh, it's beautiful. Um, we're, we're gonna take we're Flatlanders. Okie dokie, we we certainly are. Um, Adrian, you're on WBEZ. Do you have a favorite bike story? Hi, Adrian. Matthew, you're on WBEZ. Hello. Um, Yes, I do. Mine is um, about how riding bikes in the neighborhood helps you go on wonderful little tangents sometimes, social tangents. Uh, My day started off meeting the alder person. And um, I biked to work, and then on my way home, I met the un- the incumbent, um, the challenger. So I had two really great political conversations. Um, Wait, and I also did you did you meet both these people on the street, or how did you do that? Uh, the first person was was staked out close to the CTA line, and I biked uh, past, just stopped because I had a moment to pause. And the second person was just sitting outside of a, a cafe that I uh, often frequent. And so I stopped and said hello and uh, introduced him to my friend who was also passing by. And uh, my friend invited me to to come to a dance class with her at Loyola Park Fieldhouse. And uh, I happened to have an hour and a half between my, my two jobs. So I hopped in and t- t- 
took a, a dance class and then went <laughs> off to my second job. <laughs> All right, so you're getting politics so in ideal. and dancing in, and you didn't even set out for those things. Right. <laughs> uh, well, that's super fun. <laughs> Thanks for calling. We're taking some phone calls about uh, favorite bike rides, and John is on, you're on WBEZ. Thanks. 16 years ago, I bicycled the Camino de Santiago de Compostelo Trail, the pilgrimage trail in France and Spain. It's gotten super, super popular with hikers since. Yeah, I thought it was mostly a hiking thing. People, I didn't know people were biking it. I, well, we were the only bikers that we saw doing it. There are roads that run parallel to the trail, and uh, a friend of mine from Austria was a super navigator and found all the right roads, and uh, it was a completely unforgettable experience. Well, did the, did any of the walkers think that you were kind of cheating or something, or you were not, you were no, not getting actually, the full experience? They were all very curious. Uh, there, the roads. Uh, typically we're maybe a block or so away from the main hiking trail, so we weren't always right on top of the hikers, but very parallel to them. Uh, but when we would roll up to the hostels at the in the evenings, everyone was saying, gee, maybe I should be biking this. But I, I have to say it was the most physically draining thing I ever did in my life. It was We were out there for 23 days. And oh, that's quite a while. Constantly. <laughs> so, and it was nice and cool in France, but once you crossed the Pyrenees and got into Spain, it was blazingly hot. Well, I think that'll do it for our, for our phone calls for people who have had fun biking and great biking experiences. John, thanks for capping it off with this trip through, through France and Spain. Um, super fun. And uh, thanks very much for joining me for this section of the program. Uh, Kiki Pinkney from Working Bikes, thank you very much for, for sharing some bike riding stories with us. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure to be here. And Dave Gorman, the founder of Bikes for Lesotho, thanks a lot for joining us, and good luck in the future. And if people want more information about Bikes for Lesotho, they look for your Facebook page, basically. You do it all through Facebook. Yes, Bikes for Lesotho on Facebook or workingbikes.org. There's information there, too. Okie doke, and I hope a lot of people sign up for the Bike to Work Challenge. That uh, is ongoing. It starts on uh, June 15th, so hopefully we'll see a lot of organizations out there on the Bike to Work Challenge. You guys did great on the Bike to Work Challenge last year, didn't you, on uh, working bikes? You guys are bad. <laughs> uh, tomorrow on Worldview, we're going to talk about Canada. And Canada's having some interesting parliamentary elections today, and we will talk about those tomorrow on Worldview. Worldview is produced by Steve Bynum and Julian Haida. I'm Jerome McDonald. You've been listening to Worldview on WBEZ. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.